regrets. All right. All right. Episode 149. 149. Mm. Almost there to 150. Mm. Hang on, folks. We, yep. Approach it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's about two weeks away. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, so episode 149 of Movie Schmovie happening right now. Yes. I'm Steve. I'm John. I'm Ronald. Ron? What are you? Uh, oh, come on. Ron. Make your decision Ron. and commit. I like Ron. You like Ron, you like Ron tonight? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a this has been a long teased, yes, topical episode that mm-hmm. we've all we've talked about it multiple times over the past few years. Yep. When a when a film comes out yeah. by the studio, but it's always come it, it's 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 always like a we'll do this eventually kind of thing, and now we finally have another reason to make a Pixar list. Yes, Pixar Schmixar. Pixar Schmixar. So what this is, and I didn't realize uh, until I did a little bit of digging around, but I, I believe Toy Story came out in 95, didn't it? 20 years ago. So 20 years of Pixar. That's it. And it's a year where they had two films in the same calendar year uh, after not having one last year. Mm. Yep. And if you look at their slate going forward, they're doing a lot of sequels. There's only one non-sequel on that slate going forward. Yeah. So it seems like it's a time, it's a good time to look at what they've done, especially when you look at the kind of competing fortunes of uh, uh, this year of Inside Out and, and Good Dinosaur. Dinosaur in terms of the critical response, in terms of box office. I mean, the fact that Good Dinosaur is on track to make maybe 400 million, but still Jesus. be a flop for Pixar. So, and yeah. I don't think anyone at this table would be surprised to think that it would be one of the lower lower uh ranking uh, yeah. uh films in terms of box office and stuff you know but yeah. but so the idea here being that we want to kind of categorize the kick the pixar films maybe figure out which ones are the strongest ones which ones are the not so strong ones i think there are some that are famously near perfect in that yeah. in that 20 year span and then there's some that are famously kind of underappreciated and i think we agree about some of these and maybe not about others but okay. in general what do you think it is that Ronald, when someone talks about Pixar films, what is it that makes a Pixar film special? What makes it different from uh, just another movie for kids, just another animated film, just another Disney film? What is it? What is it about Pixar? What do you think makes Pixar different? Uh, well, I like the worlds that they create. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think this one thing to they they create a reality within a reality that I've never really experienced with anything besides their movies, and it's cool to see. It work and you know you 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 dive into a world. You're like, okay, dogs sound like this, cars move like this in this world, people look like this. It's it's really neat to feel like you're immersed in a world, wholly in a way that's so genuine mm-hmm. that it's 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 really very easy to slip into this world and want to see more of it watch hours and hours of it if you, you know that's why people watch those movies a million times yeah i remember when toy story came out i watched that movie a million times it's just something about it, it, it i'd never seen anything that looked like it i never I never saw anything that felt like it and i never saw a, a, a cartoon or animated film that felt like somebody was taking it seriously yeah you know what I mean? Like, well, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say so much well, it, it, that, but I would say that definitely when Toy Story came out. I mean, I'm saying for me, I'm not yeah, saying you're right, wrong. Right, right. <laughs> I'm saying for me, I th- there were great classic animated films before that that were definitely like great oh, pieces of cinema. But f- 
it sort of turned, it just kind of turned on its head this idea of what you could expect from one of these films because it wasn't under that Disney banner. I think that for what happened was for decades, Disney made good animated films yeah. and everyone else made shitty animated films <laughs> for the most part. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the, Disney, all, the, the Renaissance. Right. And then Disney. there were other, I mean, I'm, that's, an, that's a generalization because obviously Disney's got its issues and there's lots of great like underground animation. I just mean in terms of those kind of mainstream films. Yeah, yeah, and Pixar had something kind of different. It's got that Disney appeal that a, a reaching a wide audience but it's there's something i think that their stories always felt like they were really hammered out and like that, that whatever whatever they were doing to take shortcuts and like cynically churn out shit that kids would watch in other animated products i felt like pixar was really trying to from the beginning there invest the story with like complex emotions that adults could appreciate but also movies that kind of can grow with you a little bit that's it yeah. yeah, that that sums up my. Oh yeah. I, I think you hit it on the head. I think it's really just a unique approach to storytelling that takes like something that's an old fashioned tale mm-hmm. or an old fashioned story, and they or a re- simple concept. Yes, whatever you want to call it, and they reframe it in a way that kids. It's that thing like where kids will laugh at it, mm-hmm. and we can laugh at it too, for some of the same reasons, but then also diverge and have different reasons that we're enjoying this movie. Yes, and it's very intelligent, very imaginative, very fun. And it's just like something that you can tell a lot of time and effort and creativity and talent went into. Mm-hmm. And I think, like you said earlier, like when you look at this list of 16 films, which, you know, in 20 years, 16 films, and, and most of them or all of them have at least good reviews, if not great reviews. Mm-hmm. And as we make this list, and I don't know about you guys, as I was making this, like once I got past like number like 11, I'm just like, this is going to be hard for me to make this list. Like, it stressed me out to make the list because mm-hmm. in the company, there really isn't bad films, you know, like shit films compared to like some of the other animation studios that maybe you're putting stuff out. You may disagree, but if you look at yeah, them... I, just two of them. If you look at them at least compared to other films that came out that year, whether it's animated films or whatever, mm-hmm. both in how they were reviewed, you know, and how they performed, in perspective... As a whole, Pixar is like the brand yes, in animation is, yeah. studios, and and it makes it you know exciting to, to go through all these movies and talk about why we picked them and or why we ranked them, how we ranked them. I don't usually find like something like Pixar would normally be so like easy to like that I would not find that too exciting to go pursue it. But I'm always on board when I hear there's a new Pixar project. I'm always, even if I don't think it sounds interesting, I'm always thinking. Well, that that they've got to have an interesting angle on this. You know, I don't know what is interesting about this, but I'm in. I'm going to go see it because they've surprised me many times before with an idea that seems simple, and it turns out to have something more to it. So, yeah. So I don't know. Like, have you guys seen them all? I mean, you guys were are younger. So how old were you when Toy Story came out? Well, ninety five. I was I was thirteen. Okay, I think thirteen or fourteen. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I was I was uh, in college, mm. and uh, but. It, Actually, I was finishing around that time that came out. And I remember when I saw it. But I remember even at the time thinking, like, I hadn't seen an animated movie. I mean, obviously, it was one of the first big CGI 
animated films, but it also had a story that was perfect for that. And I think that's what they did initially with Toy Story. They they chose toys as the subject matter, and it was something you could get away with. Mm. The way that computer-generated imagery worked at the time, the textures, they weren't able to... Like, the humans yeah. in the first Toy Story are pretty strange. <laughs> yeah. But they're so stylized, they, they kind of buy... You just kind of accept right, it. Right. Sure. But like they, then they went, moved on to Bugs Life, and that was another thing where like bugs are like shiny, hard things, so that's kind of plasticky. You could see that they could work with those textures. Sure. And it wasn't Monsters, Inc., the next one? I think it was. Yes. So that's like another case of them gradually getting better at skins and textures, but working with creatures that aren't human, and we've never seen anything like this before, so you can't say that's not what a furry monster looks like. You yeah, know? Yeah. I just think that's interesting that they seem to be, every movie, even now, they're pushing the technology along, you know, so... So I don't know. They've upped the ante for animated films in a lot of ways. I think they've influenced... I mean, I think what DreamWorks, even though they have a different sensibility, I think every studio is trying to have that... Oh, totally. That oh, yeah. not just something for kids, but something that has like a little bit of prestige to it. And I think, you know, we can kind of thank Pixar or we can, as a parent who has to see a lot of these mediocre animated films, we can also <laughs> kind of curse uh, Pixar for that. So what we did was we broke them down. We took 16 movies and we ranked them from, from best to worst. You guys gave me your, your list of 16, and then I collated those. So a perfect score for any movie at the top of the list would have been 3, because that would be the lowest n- number. And the, the, the and a perfect negative score would be 48, because that's 16 oh, so you, times so 3. You, so you did it backwards. The best movie would have the lowest score. The best the best movie would have the lowest number. Yes, like golf. Mm. Right, got yeah. it. That makes sense. We're, we're playing movie golf. We're playing movie <laughs> golf. But, so, Wait, well, what was par? A par, actually, you know, I don't know. Would that be right in the middle? That would be a movie that got twenty-two points. Okay. 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 So, but so in other words, if you if all three of us gave the same movie the lowest possible rating, that movie would have a perfect score of forty-eight, a perfectly horrible score. So I don't think anybody should. This verbiage is really great. I don't think anybody should be surprised oh, that we all. But maybe we should be surprised. But we all had the same movie at the as, as last. Really? As it should be. Yes. So, I'll, I'll read to you from... This is the bottom five. Okay. Okay. Uh, coming in at number 12 on the list of 16 as the 12th best Pixar film with a rating of 34 is The Good Dinosaur. Okay. All right. Uh, coming in at number 13 as the 13th ranked Pixar film with this group it becomes A Bug's Life with okay. 40. On, on 14, the 14th best or worst Pixar film, however you want to look at it, is 41, Monsters University. With a score of 41. Okay. And then Cars at 43 is the 15th best Pixar film. And then the worst Pixar film with a perfect 48 is Cars 2. Oh, good. So is there any surprises there in that that bottom five? No. Good Dinosaur, Bugs Life, Monsters University, Cars, Cars 2. Man, Good Dinosaur. Can we talk about how, like, mediocre that movie was? It was a beautiful movie that was super mediocre to me. The That's the best thing I will say about the movie. It was yeah. beautiful. Right. So well, I loved Spot. Yeah. My, I, my, I, 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 wish that the, I wish that the story had had anything that didn't feel like warmed over stuff from something we've seen a million yeah, times. Yeah, yeah. That's what bugged yeah. me about it. It was that it didn't feel like it had that Pixar. Right. There was no surprise. There no. was no, like, once original, you get into I, it, yeah. what makes it original. The, but, but it had some... I, I liked some of the visual 
panache of having crazy cartoony characters against that photorealistic background, but it didn't always work. Like some of the designs were just not appealing to me. And I thought the dad was like the most boring, bland design. And I thought Jeffrey Wright's performance was kind of bad. Like like he was half of the time doing kind of a cornpone Southern accent or a Texas accent, but half of the time he didn't seem to be. Have you read about like the problems? Well, I've read about some of the problems, but what I thought was strange about that character, Jeffrey Wright as the dad was, that it felt like it was for four-year-olds or something. Like the way he's like, one day you'll make a mark, son. I just felt like I was, suddenly Pixar was making a movie for for much simpler audience than they had been. And the fact that the character design, I liked, I happened to like Arlo. I liked the goofy knock knees and the big eyes. I thought he was cool looking. I thought the other, most of the other dinosaurs outside, I liked the guy with all the animals on him. The... The shaman yeah, who yeah. comes out of the woods. I thought he was a neat design. But most of the other designs just weren't... They felt like they were trying too hard to make him kind of interestingly cartoony and, and ended up creating something that just looked childish to me. Yeah. I, I, there's something very weird about a story that's so simple and then bef- like just a couple months before you had one of the most complicated storylines ever yeah. simplifying it into these... Real, in this yeah. really cool way. I, I, it's so weird. And it makes the good dinosaur look even worse. It mm-hmm. it makes it look like shit. It's it's, bad. Yeah. It does. It really it does. It really does. Because it's like... Something that good really, really brings out a lot of the flaws in what follows it. Well, it's almost like one movie they had coming out this year. It was a two-movie year for them, which is weird. But one That's of weird. them was like pushing what they do forward. And the other was like a step back from what they normally do. It almost felt like that could have been... It, not a Pixar film, like that could have uh, been a DreamWorks movie or a so. Disney film. At, at you know, I mean, even if you're just saying it's not as innovative, it could have yeah. been a Disney animation film. Sure, I don't know. And I, I, there is one scene that is great, and it may be the same scene you were referring to. Yeah, and it may be the scene that makes me love the, the character of Spot. I, I just really like, I like, I just thought he was a funny character. I thought he was funny because he was little and he was so brave and so tough and so uncomplicated of a character but that one scene where they kind of bond really was sweet and and that was the one scene where it felt like a true pixar film where so odd where it's where it tugs at your heartstrings and it's visually interesting and everything that was like the only scene that felt that way you know what's bad about that is that it felt so out of place in that movie and you know what else it did it reminded me of how to train your dragon it was like a twist on how to like when he's bringing him the food and stuff Sorry, we've got a gnat problem like, here in the house. I'm trying to find... No, I'm, this, I, I'm doing these uh, interpretive <laughs> dance moves like, now. What are these no, cool I'm moves, trying to Mr. Miyagi a couple of gnats. But um, no, it, exactly. It, it felt like what was what this movie maybe could have been, you see a moment of it in that scene. Yeah. But I don't know what happened with this movie. Like, I don't know what they thought the idea was. Like, I have problems with the idea from just a conceptual standpoint because it seems to me, if anyone's confused as to what we're talking about, this movie is the story of a of a young dinosaur who gets separated from his family. Oh, Jesus. You mean the lamb before time? Oh, Jesus. Here's what I think. (laughs) And he loses a parent. So here's what I thought was weird. Like, lose a parent, okay, fine. Or get separated from your family. But, like, let's see a tombstone before he gets separated from his family. Felt to me like they were really piling it on too thick. They were, yeah. um, And then, yeah, he's got to be reunited with his family. It just, yeah, it's a story that, that you've literally seen. How many Land Before Time movies have there been? Uh... Fifteen, the last. We've time literally I seen this fifteen times yeah, before 15 as, as a culture, checked, yeah. and and I do understand that maybe every generation needs to have their dinosaur film or something like that. But, but this just didn't feel like it was going to capture that that audience, and I, I don't know. know what Pixar thought they had with this film. You know, I guess once you get so far with something, you can't just drop it. If we're going to posit this idea that dinosaurs did not go extinct, 
it's just a strange thing to jump like not to say what what would the world be like today if dinosaurs had become the dominant species that's not what they're that almost feels like a pixar idea that would be really cool but yeah. no, they jumped like, yeah, but what if a couple million years later they've evolved to the point where they're farming and stuff, but we're still dealing with creatures in the wild, you know? Yeah. yeah. But that was just kind of a strange decision. Like, it wasn't apparent what the, like, they didn't really seem to do anything with that idea of what if dinosaurs never went extinct, because we only ever see them in a world that looks like the prehistoric world that we yeah. associate dinosaurs with. I just sure. thought that was kind of a weird missed yeah. opportunity. And then the idea that, like... Uh, humans are these weird animals like that was a neat idea too but i kept thinking like you know but if dinosaurs um were the dominant species humans would have never evolved to the point where they were human so it was strange to me to like cave you know what i mean in, yeah. in the world of dinosaurs cavemen would just be a little snack and that would be it then let's put a western in the middle of it <laughs> it was it was really hard to there watch. Were some really... I think that that is all a part of like the whole re-recording that happened. Oh yeah, they thought they needed to retool like, it. They, they, they like it re-recorded like the majority yeah. of the voice. They recast. Work. They recast what? the what? They, they recast the dinosaur. Uh, I don't even remember what the. I know. I know. Bill what, Hader was one lead, of the voices at one the time. What's the dinosaur's name? Arlo. Arlo. Yeah. They recast him from being a man to a boy. Mm-hmm. Oh. And like. I think the, the parents got yeah, re- the Jeffrey recast. Wright and I, I don't even know. Who Imagine was. what could have been before if they if Jeffrey Wright's performance was an improvement. I mean, I like Jeffrey Wright, but he was flat out bad in this. He was bad, man. What if this was? A, what if the original was better? Was it maybe a weird film that they couldn't pound into this Pixar shape? I mean, it's weird that we're getting into this right after we kind of praised that aspect. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, like. But maybe that's the problem. Maybe you take a story and you're trying to beat it into shape and you're trying to make it one kind of thing. Maybe if, maybe, who knows, maybe before it was a wilder, weirder story and they pounded it into this eh, kind of bland shape. You know what's crazy? I I know this sounds weird, but Inside Out also didn't. Oh, man, this is, I'm not trying to bash. I think Pixar makes amazing movies. I think that Inside Out was a very solid movie. Mm -hmm. It didn't feel... As something's happened these last two movies. I think that with something's Inside happened. Out, it, it, it once I saw what it actually was, I was on board with it. But before that, when I thought that maybe the material, you know, because the trailers from that made it look like a much more conventional story, right. there was nothing about the designs that really hooked me. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's kind of what you're getting at there is that like outside of the surprises of Inside Out and kind of how deep it goes, it's not like from an animation standpoint, you know what I mean? You didn't look at that and go, oh, God, I got to see this. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think that maybe that kind of, that, s- that sense so- of wonder that they that they try to go with, obviously, it's something like Inside Out. It had something going on. You get into the theater, it's going to reveal more to you. But like Good Dinosaur, I kept waiting for it to turn into something more more experimental or more interesting or more resonant. And then the way that it ended was really very, oh, that's it? That's the. I mean, I was glad for it to end because, frankly, I was a little tired of being yeah. in that world. But, I don't like that it was literally called a mark, like making your mark. Oh, I thought, I thought they so were going to do something like super like different. I mean, they could have called it something else that's like making your mark. No, that felt mark. like something, like I said, that felt so for little you kids. One day mind. you'll make your You're mark, son. Make your mark. Yeah, there was Neil Patrick Harris, John Lithgow, Bill Hader, and Judy Greer. Yeah. And Francis McDormand was the only original voice actor that stayed after they did all the rewrites. Wow. Which is really interesting. That is really interesting. so odd that everything after that and and like a lot of the secondary characters all became like Western voices. Yeah. You know? With like Sam Elliott 
doing a pretty good job, but most everybody else just sounded like a super fakey. Yeah. yeah. Steve I mean, Zahn. Yeah. Who I normally like, but just way. I thought, okay, I liked the characters, but the story was just nothing at all to me. Yeah. And I do think that does hurt kind of what you had said, Steve, that like you can't even tell if the characters are interesting when the story is not serving yeah. anything interesting. Yeah. But so yeah. Not the not the not like a great move for them. I don't know. What do you think about the fact that after this they've got a lot of like they've got Finding Dory, they've got uh, you know, Toy Story Four. Oof. I mean, I think the Toy Story Four I don't know. I know that they're Rashida Jones is attached to it or something like mm-hmm. that. I, I don't know. She, she wrote. She yeah. Wrote it. Yeah. yeah. She wrote it completely. I know, well, she does she, a little writing she, partner, she and right? Somebody like, else. Yeah. So I think. They I don't think anybody story. writes a Pixar film completely. It goes yeah. through so much it is like of a process. Four people, yeah. um, no, I mean, I think that I'm hoping. That, I feel like Toy Story three had such a great ending right. that I am reluctant to see them go back to that material. But I do believe. That in fact, as our ratings here will bear out, that that seems to be a particularly resonant series for a lot of folks. Right, right. So yeah, so that, that was our bottom five. Uh, once again, from twelve to sixteen, the Good Dinosaur, Bugs Life, Monsters University, Cars, and Cars Two. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about the middle of the pack, uh, Pixar. Just kind of what fell in that middle zone. Cool. So seven through eleven, with nineteen, Finding Nemo, in at seven, at eight. With uh, and actually, there's two movies that came in at 22 points. So nine and ten are kind of ties, or I should say eight and nine are are tied, and that would be Ratatouille with 22 points and Monsters Inc. with 22 points. Okay. So those are now. I did note when a, when two movies tied, I did note which one of them had the highest chart position on one of our lists. So if Ratatouille and Monsters Inc. are tied at 22, Ratatouille had the highest chart position at four on my list. And uh, uh, Monsters, Inc. had the highest chart position of five, I believe, on Steve's list. Does that sound true, that you would have put Monsters, Inc. Six. that high? Okay, so it would have been you, then, that had it at five. Okay. Well, that's interesting that we put it so close, you and I. Yeah. Then, and the, the 10th best Pixar film, according to this ranking, would be... It's a great movie. Monsters, Inc. Toy Story 2 with 25. And then, and at 11th, uh, would be Brave with a score of 32. Yeah. So any surprises there? The middle of the pack being Finding Nemo, Toy Story 2, Ratatouille, Monsters, Inc., and Brave. So Finding Nemo is 7? Finding Nemo is ranked at 7, yeah. Mm. Just missed... That's a little interesting to me. Yeah. And the only reason why I went 7 instead of 6 is that 5 and 6 are tied, so okay. the top 5 has a okay. tie in it. Are you surprised about the Brave ranking? No. Yeah, me I had that actually in my bottom 5. I yeah. think I may have weighted a little higher because I liked Brave, but it still was in that middle zone where it was yeah. hard for me to rank movies against each other. I like like I said I love I, I love a lot of Pixar movies, but those are not ones that really like Yeah. do it for me necessarily. I feel like Finding Nemo has a has a kind of a perf- perfect structure to it that that is very effective, and I, I I don't know that I need to see a sequel to it necessarily, but I know when I saw Finding Nemo the first time, I really loved it. You Aren't know? there two? For some reason, I thought there were two sequels to Maybe there's Finding another Nemo. one. I don't know. Finding Dory. Dory, I thought there was something else sure. when I, on the slate. I thought, but I think the scene I had Nemo, I had Nemo I had Nemo higher on my list, but with Monsters Inc., it's kind of in the middle of mine. Like I think at like five or six or something like that. I think the. Uh, Sully and Boo, their goodbye scene at yeah. the end. I thought I, I love. Well, I think it. the very ending of Monsters Inc. I really like because of the kind of ambiguity of it that he comes yeah. in and he sees her. You know, like yeah. I think that that's the a really still open. Yeah, 
And I think also just, I mean, this really goes from most of the Pixar movies when you really get the world that they build. Mm. Like, getting what Monsters, Inc. is. Yeah. Is fucking awesome. Yeah. The first time you saw it. Like, I, I thought that was just genius. Like, yeah. and that's the magic we're talking about. Like, that kind of creativeness of, like, oh, this is, like, a job. Yeah. And this is how they power. And they, they, they exist on this pretty much in yeah. a way, you know i don't know that was really cool that was a cool cool and it, and it brought you into the world in a way that i, I it's like oh man this is it could have been done terribly wrong and yeah. it was done really well well i remember i don't i, I think i saw that one that was, that was one of the few that i never saw in the theater mm. monsters mm. inc and when i finally saw it I, I don't know it may have been when henry was was around i can't remember when i finally saw it but I remember thinking, oh, I didn't know there was this whole other side to it. But thinking, of course, it's going to be like that. Every Pixar movie has that kind of world building that we've been talking about. And I do think that once you kind of see the the concept, how it works, what they're doing with the scares, how they're being powered by them and stuff like that, that does have a like an imagination to it. That It's like it was a bigger concept. It's like they took what was so simple in Toy Story that what are you toys doing when you turn your back kind of thing and then in bug's life it was uh, you know a similar kind of let's look at something we haven't really looked at before monsters inc was this a much more like a fantastical yeah. high concept thing and mm. i think you can see they've done that in other films i mean a movie like brave um or even ratatouille has a concept behind it that's got some twists and turns just in getting to the concept yeah mm-hmm. like with ratatouille you've got to get that guy working in the kitchen and you've got to get the steaks for him to become a better chef in there and you've got to get this rat who <laughs> who wants to cook and you've got to kind of get them together and then you get your concept for your movie and i think with monsters inc you're right that discovering what the what the concept is discovering why they are scaring kids and it how it ties in with the idea of a monster in your closet it did yeah it did feel like something kind of memorable is going on there yeah. and I, I even though again i know a lot of people are lukewarm on brave i did like the way that brave the very thing that people complained about with brave was what i liked about it which was that halfway in it becomes like a different type of story than people were expecting that it's got her mother turned into a bear and there's this whole kind of magical plot line like i thought that was really neat i know a lot of people were like where's the movie i saw the trailer for with this girl (laughs) warrior going around right um but i don't know i think that's something they've done and again i think with brave it bit them on the ass a little bit because a lot of people did feel let down by the actual movie but i think they do that a lot let the marketing kind of only tell you one aspect or kind of hide it that's why it's so surprising when one of their movies really has nothing more under the hood, no pun intended, with the, the Cars films. But, I mean, those are films that really do feel like they're made for much more of a kiddie audience than, than some of these others. Um, and as Toy Story 2, I had a real hard time deciding how to rank the Toy Story films. I don't know, did mm. you guys find that to be a, a problem? or did to, I noticed you had Toy Story 2 particularly low on your list, Ronald. Isn't just not one you like very much? I didn't hit, no. See, I think it's great. I just, it's hard for me to rank it above the... The originality of the first one, or oh, like yeah. the emotional wallop of the third one. But I think in terms of expanding the story and dealing with those characters, it's a really neat movie. But I don't know. I wondered, what did you think about Toy Story 2? Yeah, I mean, I had it the lowest of the three. I mean, mm-hmm. I felt like in terms of the story or the world of Toy Story, I don't really feel like outside of uh, Annie. Yeah. Like, that character in the When She Loved Me sequence, like, I don't know that it really added much for me in that world besides seeing characters that I already liked. Right. So it didn't, it didn't take me to another level emotionally or story-wise um, mm-hmm. to really warrant me placing it any higher. 
on the list. Right. It kind I guess of I like right the idea the of the collector. I think was a neat idea. No, that is. And a I like seeing like Buddy, uh, uh, buddies. I like seeing Woody's like expanded kind of universe of characters, and I like Buzz Lightyear confronting the fact that he's a mass-produced toy. But you might be right in that it didn't do anything. I mean, it t- basically, it just extended the themes of the first one. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And maybe the posh, the animation was a bit more slick, you know, a bit more, a bit more advanced. Oh, yeah. And you're right about that. Uh, when she loved me sequence, like when I was just looking at that batch of movies, talking about those moments that are special. That moment. That's it. Gets me every yeah, time. Totally. Who was that singing? That Sarah McLachlan. Yeah. That, that might be our our outro music. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Ratatouille for depicting that that critic character as someone who has the love. Like has that love for the like he's a critic who's going around bashing all this all this cooking and all these chefs, but he inside he's got this love this appreciation for the thing. I thought that yeah, was a really yeah. again the way that they can surprise you. I thought that was a very sophisticated point to bring out in this what could have been a very silly movie about a rat chef turns out to be about like awakening the just the love for something that you care about and the you know the love for something that you know about and mm-hmm. you know that that notion of taking the critic who could have easily become just a villain and kind of making him being won over sort of the stakes of the mm-hmm. story but also showing that within him is somebody who needs to be reawakened i don't know i thought that was a thought that was a nice touch and i'll always kind of remember that um but yeah, I, I do think you might be right, Ronald, that you look at why those movies are in the middle of the pack and it's because they didn't, whatever it is, yeah, they didn't no, have some spectacular thing yeah, that it's really... It's no insult to them. It's just, we're talking about the the middle of a great, great, great series of movies. Yeah. You know, they, they, Pixar makes incredible movies, so. besides right. Cars. Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, we, we you know, we, we, bro- we breezed <laughs> past... And Good Dinosaur. We talked about the the bottom five a little bit, but what do you think? It, what is it about the Cars films that makes them seem so lacking compared oh, to these man, others? Just not funny. They aren't particularly the. What I really like about Pixar's take on things is like, it's it's a cool take on it. I think it's something really weird about these models of the like they're just cars with eyes on the front. Like it's something like, I don't know. I feel like it could have been done a little better. Mm-hmm. I. I, I I don't like it. it. Makes me uncomfortable. I don't know. I don't like the idea of cars with eyes on the front of them. It's just <laughs> never been a. Well, I mean, I think for me, the weirdness of that world, like, why if a there's good... a world without people, yeah, why would there be cars? <laughs> right. And I know that there's there's that ridiculous fan theory going around that connects all the the Pixar movies or whatever. I think those things are kind of cute when people send them around, but in general I hate them because I don't like the idea of anyone saying, "Oh my god, this is real. They really are all taking place in the same universe." I just don't think there's any reason to think that Pixar would be implying that. Right. But I I think there was, you know, somehow they built into that fan theory the explanation for why there are are sentient cars, but there's mm. no people left. Right, right, it's right. supposed to be like a post-apocalyptic scenario or something. But I just feel like the movie's just not that well worked out. In a sense, right, right. it's a flip side. It's so simple that it doesn't seem as confused as Good Dinosaur does in terms of what it's trying to do, but it is so simple that you are watching it going A is what's the idea here and be like did we need to give larry the cable guy a, a platform you know and it's gonna be a third one. Oh, that's right jesus christ i mean i'm assuming they might have an idea you know the idea for cars 2 was let's do a spy film didn't make me love it or anything i'm just saying it's the pixar way is to say what's this you know what's going to be different about this next one yeah so i don't know what are they going to do with with cars 3 yeah, what can they possibly know. do 
Now that Paul Newman's dead, can't play what's his name. I don't remember the character's name. Exactly. Forget him. <laughs> like, there, there's your answer. Yeah, there you go. The the Witcher Mabobit. Yeah. <laughs> old <laughs> old car man. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's interesting. Like you know, I, this was the part where I this middle pack on my list was the part where I looked at it and I was like, technically these movies are too good to be this low on a list. But I guess that is just a Pixar thing. That yeah. like when we're talking about something that's that's that's. In the middle of the pack, we're talking about something that's pretty good. So if we're talking about the top five, in this case six, we're talking about movies that have something spectacular about them. And I think you'll find that that's probably the case. So let's look at this top five. Tied at five are the ones that came in at five and six. The Incredibles with a score of 18 and Inside Out with a score of 18. Now, Inside Out? In, now the, Inside Out that high. Uh, the Incredibles' hmm. highest chart position was number two on my list. And Inside Out's highest chart position was number three, also on my list. So that is why they are tied. But since Incredibles came in at uh, number two at its highest position, I'm saying it's number five. Mm. Inside Out is number six. So number four. Now we're getting into the we're getting into the upper echelon, upper echelon, guys. <laughs> upper echelon, up with a score of seventeen. Number three, Wally, with a score of fifteen. Mm-hmm. Number two. Toy Story with a score of 10 and the highest ranked oh, Pixar no. film by Movie Schmovie, Toy Story 3 with a nearly perfect score of 4. Wow. So that's two of us that put it at the top and you put it at number 2. Yeah. So I mean if you look at Cars got a nearly perfect bad score. Yeah. Or Cars 2 got a nearly perfect bad score and Toy Story 3 very close to the top. You had those as your number one and number two. Yeah. I, I had the same problem. I didn't want to put two Toy Story films in my top four. I didn't really either, but it happened. But I could have easily said yeah, Toy Story and Toy Story 3 really could be tied in my mind. Like, I think you cannot beat, I said it already, but you cannot beat the original story of Toy Story, the first one. It is perfect. It's perfect. It's like yeah, a perfect concept. But yeah. Toy Story 3, the animation has come along. The characters have developed a little bit. The, there's more, it just it pulls your heart out more it it may not be i I always am prone to give the original the the tip of the hat but i think toy story 3 is an example of one where i didn't know i had that many tears in my in my tear ducts when i went to go see it and it was also the first movie i took henry to and so the fact that it was a movie about watching a kid grow up like just that opening sequence where we see andy grow up i mean i was i was useless yeah you know, so mm. so. How do we feel about them coming back from the happy ending of that, the perfect happily ever after of that? I'm movie? curious. Yeah, I'm yeah. curious. You think but... they wouldn't do it if they didn't have a bang up idea? Right. Exactly. Like I'm curious, but I trust this. Yes. This team, you know. So I'm, would I'm... you be upset if there were new characters, like brand new characters? Um, probably a little upset. Yeah, right. yeah, be. Especially knowing that they're all signed to be in it. So I'd be curious what they'd be using Tom Hanks and Tim yeah. Allen and all these people for if they weren't going to be in they it. They could do a real meta thing, and they could have uh, an Arlo toy <laughs> that gets bought on clearance <laughs> and gets brought into the family. And, like, Rex is jealous of him? Yeah, right. Okay, I, I like this, yeah. John. Um, you know what's funny is Rex is, like, a, a, a almost like a a more lifelike dinosaur than most of the dinosaurs in The Good Dinosaur. So weird. That is so strange. Like, what was that decision to design them that way? If people have seen the movie, they'll know what we mean. But it's like they're so. Uh, we don't need to get back into Good Dinosaur. We're talking about a. We're talking about our favorite ones now. But yeah, it's very, very strange. But so Toy Story and Toy Story Three being being at the top, I, that doesn't surprise me because that was where I 
That was what I, my wrestling match in my mind was. Yeah. Which one of those am I going to give to the top yeah. spot? I had Toy Story in there until the very last minute when I switched it. When I just realized that Toy Story 3 has like... Yeah, and then it's got that scene where they're in the incinerator. Nope, don't even talk about it. And it's got that <laughs> scene where, where, where Andy's giving the little girl the, the yeah. toys and he's describing them. There were so many... And also that movie really makes a point of showing how Woody's personality is this... Uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like... That he's like psychologically, I mean, they've always depicted him as a little bit like obsessive mm-hmm. about like being the being Andy's favorite and stuff. But in that movie, it really was like it was. They did a good job of walking the line between him being like a heroic character that you can back up and a guy who's just got issues. Yeah, you know, I thought that was really clever, and I think they've always mm-hmm. done that. And I think you owe that to Tom Hanks, perhaps. You owe that to the concept being oh, perfect. Yeah. You know, I mean, Tim Allen is also great. Let's not forget that. But Tom Hanks is just. I mean, he's one of our favorite human beings, right? Sure, yeah, totally. And he totally, I mean, that that's one of his signature roles, really, right? Yeah. I mean, the Tom Hanksiness of that really buys you into the comedy of that character. Yeah. And there's a snake in my boot. It's still one of my favorite <laughs> things that's ever been said. Yeah, I don't know. The, the, the top, like, five or six were really tough for was me. Was Inside Out really high for you guys? Uh, Inside I, Out was... I, I had Inside Out in my top four. I had it as... Inside Out was like my tenth. No, I know wow. you, you had it pretty low. Man, I I had it. I think I had it at four. Yeah, I, you were like there were somewhere one of us sank, it sank five, one. Sorry, like, it's it dropped for me. I had it at five. I think I probably sank The Incredibles. Right. Yeah. You know what it is? I don't know. Maybe I need to go again. Like I watched it again last year. Like when we started talking about all this Pixar stuff again. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but like something just did not click with me in The Incredibles. I don't know. I, I I'll say this: I had it as let me pull up. The, you had it high, like I did have it high, like three or something, or two, or four. I did it. Uh, I had it at two, but I'll tell you what: I I have it too, but I also think it's it's overrated, even though I love it. But I think that like, people <laughs> talk about it. I think people talk about it like it reinvented the wheel for Pixar and I just think of I it I think maybe that's what's burned me on I think what I love about I it that is non-stop. that it, I have such a I just think it does such a strong job of what others have failed to do with regards to a certain type of superhero film sure. I feel like yeah. there's not there are now three Fantastic Four films that are are basically pieces of shit yeah. and Pixar figured out how to make the upbeat family superhero story that's like a space that's about how marvelous it is to have these powers it's about how you know what i mean like yeah it's really kind of like almost like i've heard people say it's like an ayn randian kind of uh, uh ode to exceptionalism you know mm. but the fact that that movie takes that idea of these heroes that you look up to and kind of like has exploited it and maybe it even came out before a lot of the current crop of superhero yeah, films really true. happened so i feel like at the time when it came out it was one of the best superhero films i had seen and i think that's one of the reasons why I've always kind of tipped my hat to it because it, it, it's fun. But it also has that Pixar, that underlying message of, you know, like embracing who you are and, and like not being held back. I don't know. It, it, it reminds me of other Pixar movies because it's a tricky, like what the moral of the story is, is kind of, you have to kind of sit and think about like, what's it really trying to say? Yeah. And even if I don't necessarily agree with, uh, you know, uh, Ayn Rand and, and, and her followers, I do think that idea of like, this is an interesting moral for a story to what have. What is that? I'm not going to... Ayn Rand is like a writer who wrote uh, The Fountainhead and Atlas Shrugged, but she's known for espousing a very 
like an opportunistic, self-serving point of view. In other words, to say that a person who has their own best interests at heart and is believing in their own exceptionalism, that this person would be like the best person for society. I mean, oh, so a lot okay. of a lot of really gross uh, uh, people and politicians tout her writing as like what woke them up to this. Got it. What yeah. ends up being kind of a greedy point of view. Okay. And I think Brad Bird, people have kind of intimated that he might be, you know, that he might have some of those attitudes. Right. But what it manifested in is, I thought, a pretty pretty interesting movie. And also, I'm a big, you know, I secretly have a big... Uh, it's not a man crush, but I just think Craig T. Nelson is a is a great actor. So I love his. Sure. Performance. I feel like sure. him as Mister Incredible is not quite into that neighborhood of Tom Hanks as Woody, but it's one of those vocal oh, wow. performances oh, that absolutely. just feels one hundred percent dead on. And Holly Hunter is kind of the same. And but yeah, I think that's an interesting one. But I agree that I think people overrate it. I think amongst Pixar films, it does get talked about like it like it's. Um, I don't know. Like it's like it's the only one that achieved that level of greatness. You know. Yeah, that, I think that I think you're right. I think that's kind of what burned me on it. What by the time I saw it, because mm. I don't remember seeing that one when it first came out because of that. But the one that actually kind of surprised me, and, and I don't know, the more I the more I think about it after I submitted this, like the one that kind of hurt me the most to push out of the top five was Up. Yeah. Only because mm. I adore that film. But I mentioned this before, I think, when we were talking about maybe Inside Out. We both had Up at 7, oddly enough. I think Up is hurt by how great the first, like, 10 minutes of the movie is. That's why I didn't put it higher. It's like perfection. In, that that it's, would it's be every... why you put it in. At the, that would be, like, why I would have put it in would have been for the first 10 exactly. minutes. Exactly. Yeah. Like, it, I feel like it, it, I don't know, I feel like they just did the first 10 minutes too well yeah. to allow the rest of the movie to follow that... I don't know, man. However, like, that what the rest of that film is like the opposite of the Good Dinosaur, in the sense that Up feels like maybe they, maybe some some maybe some excessive development went into crafting that story, yeah. but instead of being devoid of distinguishing characteristics and and too similar to other things, yeah, what Up does is. It's crazy. You can't imagine, like, I can't imagine pitching that story. Oh, totally. But yeah. at least it goes, like, nine different weird places after that monumental opening part. Instead of, open, opening part is over, and then it's a story that you can predict every beat. You know, I feel like that's one thing that saves up from from being, like, mid to not as great, Pixar, is that it's it's interesting. Like, you still haven't seen a movie that yeah, does true. those things before. But you're right. True. The first ten minutes are far and away the, the, the main reason why most people remember that movie. Totally. In fact, I bet people don't even think that much about the crazy aviator and the and the talking dogs and stuff when they, exactly. when they mention that film because exactly. of that opening sequence. So yeah, just since we're in this zone here, your top four, Steve, or your top five, I'll go and say, counting down from five <laughs> to one on Steve's list, Inside Out, Toy Story, Finding Nemo, Wally, and Toy Story 3. And then Ronald, you have Monsters, Inc., Wally, Up, Toy Story 3, and Toy Story at the top spot, whereas I had... Toy Story, Ratatouille, Inside Out, The Incredibles, and Toy Story Three. Hmm. And I realized when I made my when I was looking at the list of sixteen, and I said I broke it down into four quadrants. The top four was the one where I was like, I wanted to include like different facets of Pixar. Right, right. I could have easily put all three <laughs> Toy Story films in my top right, five, yeah. you know. And I just didn't think I just. But at the same time, I feel like that tells you something about that concept and that the way they've executed that. That like as good as everything else has been, yeah. that's one of the ones that really is kind of indisputably, that juggles all these things that we're saying we like. It's got the emotional stuff, it's got the subtext, it's got the kind of visual dazzle, or at least a look that really suits the content, you yeah. know? 
And it's something relatable. I do think that whole notion of what do your toys do when you walk out of the room, like no one has ever done that as well. I think that's like when I when I think about the ones that really jump out to me, I think about that kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. It's like the most obvious thing that everyone relates to right. or has some sort of exposure to, but then how they figured out to tell the story about it. The toys that mm-hmm. came to life, or what they do when you're not around, what the, the what the monster in the closet does when you're not being scared. Yeah, you know, or what, why you, the what, monster what? in the how, how the monster in the closet could be not just an awful monster, like right, right, like like why is he so pressured into scaring or whatever? Right, it's like right. finding that different level, that different layer. And, and that's the and that's I think what makes a lot of them stand out to me is like you know and like inside out like what what do our emotions look like or how do our emotions operate the ones that are a little more mid to lower level in terms of this ranking and the way i i was kind of like at least approaching it are the ones that feel a little more like just a kind of cute well done story yeah you know which could be a disney or maybe a dreamworks or whatever blue sky but it's the ones that really found that hook yeah that's what i'm looking for yeah is the hook because that's what like simple, that, that's what lets hook. kids love it and what lets us love it as well, mm-hmm. I think, is just that we see the ingenuity of like, God damn, that's so smart. Like, I walked out of Inside Out and I was like, son of a bitch, the way they figured out how to explain the emotions yeah. is so well thought out. Yeah. You know? And, and and the way that one got deeper and deeper yeah. in terms of like how detailed the explanation and how like they were going to not just explain uh, like the emotions, but they're going to have a reference to like when a song pops into your head and why that happens yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. No, I thought that was that. That's the one. That's why that one ended up so high on my list was because it was very like. I just felt like it really was, and I mean, I don't know. In a couple of years, I don't know if this ranking would change for me, but I, I was like, no, nah, I just remember thinking about that movie for days and like yeah. having conversations and and very very deep a lot of a lot of moving pieces in that film you know in that sense yeah but i think it's that i think it's that hook that really yeah. some something rises to the top and and this whole pool of of film of these movies are all at least middle of the road movies you yeah. know even if cars 2 and monsters and they're they're not pixar's shining moments but mm-hmm. i think the ones that really kind of like found that hook of what we can all relate to and just found it like, oh man, what a cool idea to have our to- our toys come to life. Or I don't know. I just, I just yeah, they thought it through. It's so yeah, it's so well thought out. Or you know, or or why would the wor- why would Earth come to an end? And how could a robot save us? You know, yeah. or or you know, how could we destroy it? And what we make fix it? Right. You know, it's like that's so smart. And it's just mm-hmm. like you know, and that kind of that hook is what puts some of the ones on the top of my list where they're at. Because it's just like it's so just creative it's yeah. so creative it's creative and then yeah then they worked it out i think that's the big thing is that they made it made it work and that's why something like good dinosaur feels kind of sloppy is because it doesn't feel like they really it's a little made scary it work. it's yeah. a little scary that like you know inside out and do a dinosaur would come out in the same year unless maybe they're trying to i mean I, I think it'd be scarier if it if it was just good dinosaur it would but but i'm saying it so that i guess the optimist in me is thinking maybe pixar just had to get good dinosaur out because it had been there for so long, and like maybe there are things in the pipeline that need the yeah. attention. Like this movie has to come out. We will lose money on this movie possibly, but we will have gained a lot because of Inside Out, and that goodwill will help us go through with this slate that we have coming up. I'm very curious. Like you know, the comment that you made earlier, somebody made about like there's a lot of sequels. That yeah. worries me. Right. But I mean, 
to say that the third entry into a franchise made it to the top one and two of all of our lists, mm-hmm. yeah. I got to say, I, I, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and, and just show me that you can't do it anymore Yeah, kind of thing. You know, like, I, I'll, I'll go see whatever they put out still. Yeah, And the fact that something that just came out this year <clears throat> is in the top five in our collective rankings or somewhere near the top right. five, that's a good sign, I think. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, man. This list changes all the time, and hearing the list, I, I definitely feel like I want to watch a couple of them over again. Um, I do think that overall, the dark horse of the list is Ratatouille. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just feel like there's not a lot of love for that movie. Yeah. And I don't think quality-wise, it's justified. Mm-hmm. Like in terms of the stories that we're talking about, I think that there's a lot there. Yeah. And you know the. Well, that's the reason why I. There. That's the reason why I put it so high on my list is because of what it's dealing with is, again, the way that Inside Out is dealing with something different than just, aren't emotions crazy and aren't kids full of emotions? It's doing something deeper. Ratatouille is not just, oh, isn't it funny to have a gross rat cooking beautiful food? But to have it be like, what is his motivation and what does this other... It's all about excellence and and being good at something that maybe someone doesn't care about. And then deepening that by saying, oh, here's the person that cares about that and this critic. And they, they too, like I said before, they too have to have some kind of inspiration. I think that that is just... But it also is a strange movie. Like the the pitch, it is. The pitch for that movie oh, is very oh, very it weird. Is. It's hard to it's it's hard mm-hmm. to get people to I guess want to see it. Um, but I had it like in the middle. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like that's one that I always feel like I'm like, oh, I really liked Ratatouille. And most yeah. people are like, ah. The worst thing about much. Ratatouille is uh, uh, Janine Garofalo's French accent uh, yeah, is yeah. pretty yeah. bad. Pretty bad. Doesn't always work, but they they've also done well. I mean, we'll maybe take a minute just to mention their casting has usually been pretty interesting. Like yeah. they split the difference between voice actors who are actual professional voice actors and yeah. just actors who have a have something recognizable about them. But I've always noticed like every one of their movie has some part where you go, "Who the hell is that?" And then you read the credits, and it's an animator or a director yep. or something on yep. it. I always think that's kind of neat because mm-hmm. I do play spot the celebrity when I'm watching an animated film. Sure. And I think in this one it was the uh, the shamanistic triceratops guy with all the crazy horns and Who the animals that? on him. I don't know. I think it was like an animator. I think his name was something Sone. You, oh, Peter Sone. It's yeah, a director. Peter Sohn, yeah. yeah. But oh, I was right. sitting there going like, "Who is the?" Because you think you know who it is. That's and funny. I think it, that's like what was his name? The uh, Friending Nemo, the the surfer dude turtle, is one of the. Who did this? Funny? Is that Pete Doctor? I think it's. Uh, Who did Finding Nemo? Is it Andrew Stanton? Stanton? Oh, maybe it is. It's one of them. One of those Pixar guys. And then, of course, Brad Bird doing the couple of, you know, he always does yeah. a character. But, I mean, I just like that, that it feels like they're not, they are getting these big names in there to do it, but it's not always the most predictable ones. And it doesn't mm. always work out. I mean, like, Jeffrey Wright, when I saw he was cast, I was like, he'll probably be great in an animated film. But, honestly, nope. how? Yeah. How was, like, an actual actor that stinky? Was it just bad direction or bad writing? Or it didn't help that the character looked like something from a cheap kid's show. <laughs> you know? Like, he just had this <laughs> dead-eyed bad. look. Yeah, Look at that. Gotta make your mark. <laughs> All right. Whatever. The fuck. <laughs> I did not enjoy that. But so, yeah. Pixar, so, Pixar. so there it is. The list. The list. And we can, as more come out, we can slot it in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's hey, true. Where, we can, where, we where can it's return at. to this. Yeah. Maybe in a couple of years, if we're still yeah. doing this Kicking, casting uh, of the pod, yeah. we'll, we'll revisit. We'll do Pixar Schmixar 2. <laughs> 
But um, at this point, I do think that, yeah, I'm cautiously looking at those sequels, knowing, like you said, maybe Toy Story 3 being the top film on our collective list should tell me that Toy Story 4 could be worthwhile. But I do hate it when a perfect ending is is trumped. So I hope they've got something really good. Down to the fact that I appreciate it, even though I thought Monsters University was kind of unnecessary, I appreciated that they chose not to sequelize the story. Because I do think following up that moment at the end of Monsters, Inc. would cheapen the sweetness of that that moment. I agree. That simple, simple moment. And yeah, Bugs Life. Not much to say about that one, huh? Nothing. I have nothing to say about that. Being a big Kids in the Hall fan, I always really... Like, I I was happy that Dave Foley got cast. and But, I mean, he's there's really not much... I feel like there's not even really a voice actor in that. There's not much to do. None of the characters really pop in my mind. In I that. think the standout is Dennis Leary as, yeah. a, as a ladybug. Yeah, that's true. Which no, I think you're is, right. is good voice casting. No, you're right. That's the only really memorable thing. But that's clever because it plays oh. off of the idea that a male ladybug would still be a ladybug and he might be bitter about I Yeah, know, I feel like yeah. That, that gag was funny. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but you're right that, like, yeah, there's just not much. I think, I mean, it's like, do you even remember much about the story? No, 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 no. I'm a little embarrassed. Big leaves. Yeah. That's it. Now, we should, what we should do is compare a side-by-side of the leaves in Bugs Life with the leaves in Good Dinosaur, which were some fucking beautiful leaves. Let's at least give yeah. that part I, of Good Dinosaur. That's what I was saying when he yeah. mentioned how gorgeous it was. Gorgeous like, there were moments in the movie where I'm just... They, like, they, they shot that. It's funny. As and the it's like that they he, animated over top of it? Like, no, it's all animated. Like. It is an odd stylistic choice it is. to make it so photorealistic and let the characters be so cartoony. I know. Could have worked. Could have been brilliant. Just didn't quite pan out, but it's probably not a good sign when people come out of your big holiday release talking about how pretty the leaves were, you know, yes. and, how, like, and the pretty, water. how pretty the water yeah. was, right? Yeah. But I am blown away. I mean, I, I, no. if it were just uh, like 90 minutes of nature shots, that, yeah, like that an were, Autobahn. I, I might, I might have liked that, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. I don't know. But, so better luck next time, yeah. Pixar, but we're, we're obviously still in the bag for this for this company but I'm not one of those people who thinks they can just do no wrong you know I think that like they, these, they do have well, a they formula well, they, but they have a formula and I think we can see that sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah. but the fact that they spend so much time on the stories if it's really good material clearly that works but I think with Good Dinosaur we can see that the more crafted and tooled it comes out it actually ends up looking you know clunkier and yeah. worse mm-hmm. I would really be curious to know what that movie looked like a year ago before they before I they know it'd be of, interesting to yeah. see that I don't. I yeah. I, I would love to like hear more about that behind the scenes stuff. Like I'm always so intrigued by that. Like what changed or what what wasn't working, you yeah. know? Or like what was the what was the point that you're like that's not going to make it? Mm-hmm. Or we need to re- retool this whole story. Yeah, it's very interesting. Did you ever, did you ever watch that documentary? I've mentioned it once before. It has to do with Disney and Lasseter had some involvement, but like about the Emperor's New Groove. No. It was like this documentary no, no. that Sting, you know how Sting did some of the songs for it. It's a documentary that Sting's wife shot that was a part of his like signing on to do the soundtrack mm-hmm. and the score or whatever. Um, his wife shot it and it never got released because I guess of what it was exposing about like the testing and shopping the, the story around or whatever. And it's really interesting, like, to see how much that movie changed. And not mm-hmm. that the Emperor's Groove is like some standout Disney classic. That's pretty yeah. good, though. But but yeah, it's it's a likable, it's, it's fun, and, yeah. it's a fun film. But to go from seeing what the story was, like, a little more serious, like oh. they may have been treading a little more into the, this kind of Pixar storytelling, mm-hmm. and just being changed around so much. It's really, really cool little documentary. It, it never came out, but 
somebody got a hold of it and it leaked a few years ago and like uh, it, it's on like it was on YouTube and sure you know um got a hold of a copy of it and it's just you know it's more been it's more about his perspective like songs he was writing that like they didn't like because it wasn't fitting where they wanted the story to go and oh. then they were changing the story so then he had to do the songs again mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. like this tenuous relationship where like it just wasn't working out but um I'm sorry Ronald. We got a wasp or something in here, but I don't know. Maybe check it out. I, I have to remember what it's called, but I have it if you want to check it out. Yeah, it's like, a, it's like only to. like fifty minutes long. Okay, but uh, it's cool. It's something with the the box something. Mm. No, I like it when people talk out of school about stuff like that. It's called the sweat box. Sweat box. Yeah. Mm. Um, Trudy Skyler. Trudy Skyler. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But check it out for sure if you like that behind the scenes mm -hmm. stuff. Just since they're so well known for how right. much time. Well, what's they, funny? They what's funny about it. that is that it was a different. I mean, a lot of those films probably were completely different at some point. Totally characters different movie. that we now think of as like linchpins weren't even in the movie or something. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. All right, guys. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Sixteen to one or one to sixteen, depending which way John does it. Yeah. <laughs> I'll admit it was confusing, but the math checks out. The math works. Yeah. Yes. Math will never. No, trust lead me. You I wrong. got the math to work. The math. <laughs> the math. Is fucking. As long as you busters. carried the two, yeah. it works. <laughs> oh. Mm. Uh -oh. oh. Oh. Wait a minute. I have to edit nope, that nope, one. Nope. Cars two was our was our top pick. <laughs> oh. That was wrong. Here. Uh, iTunes reviews stars. Yeah. Please spread the word. Spread the word. Don't be a, don't be an asshole. What he said. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with our with our annual Bah Humbug episode. We went from so much love for Pixar to... I know. We're going to get on our... We had Schmanksgiving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then Pixar love, and now it's time to it's time to spew a little bile. And also one of my favorite titles of an episode ever, The Schmankawankins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved watching that come up in the download progress yeah. thing, like, oh, wow, that Schmank is awakening. Well, I love it when the name of the episode is what we actually thought it was going to be when we were talking, because that, that just happened, yeah. and it became yeah. the name, yeah. Mo most things, like, just, oh, I, I didn't mean to say that. Yeah, right, right. That was funny. Oh, the Schmank awakened last time. <laughs> oh, it awakened, all right. Cool, well... Thank and Hums will be bugged in the next one, but this one is all, <laughs> all about Pixar. Thank you guys for listening, and uh, as always, you made our day. Take care. Bye. I didn't think you were going to make it, Ron. Oh, man, I was falling off. You've got a friend in us. Uh, there, you go. See? there you go. There you go. When somebody loved me, everything was beautiful. Every hour we spent together lives within my heart when she